Hello, and a warm welcome to the Northern Grower podcast. My name is Erin, and I am an educator, homesteader, and gardener here in Alberta, Canada. I garden in a Zone 3 climate, and here in a homestead we have a small-scale business, we produce seeds for sale, we grow vegetables and flowers. I created this podcast as a place to share my passion and help educate others to grow their homesteads and gardens, increase their self-sufficiency, and also as a creative outlet for others to connect with and for myself. Even if you are not a cold climate or a northern or Canadian grower, feel free to stick around. Not only do I discuss gardening topics for cold climate growers, but this season I will be sharing homestead life, stories, history of agriculture episodes, and some plant lore along the way. Thanks for being here. So today's episode, I'm going to be discussing how adopting homesteading practices can help save money in your home. So it has how homesteading and the ways that homesteading has helped us save money as a family. And this can be applied, these can be applied whether you are apartment living, you're living in a condo suburb, or you're out on the acreage. I genuinely believe that since we started our small homestead, we have saved money because of the shift in mindset and general consumption practices that come with homesteading. And so I'm here to share some tips with you and hope that some of these can work for you and be applied within your life. If you're already homesteading, um, I know for some people, the joke is that I wanted to homestead to save money, and here I am. It is costing me a lot of money because we're going out and buying all the things, getting all the goats and the chickens and the coops, and that is awesome. And if you could do that, power to you. Um, But I'm also here if, you know, like me, we shifted to a homesteading way of life, mostly to uh, save money within our household and help our household just slow down and find to me what feels like more authentic and real raw meaning in this really crazy um, hectic world that we live in. So that is why I believe that through some homesteading practices we can save money. So whether you already homestead or you don't homestead and you are simply just listening then uh, here are some tips and tricks for you. I will say next week's episode I am going to be talking all about goji berries. So I will be talking about the history of goji berries, um, how they came across to the Alberta area, the story and lore of the goji is really cool, interesting, and I think it is a great plant to add to your garden or your acreage or farm, wherever you are. So I will be talking about that um, in the next episode that goes up here. And I do post updates to my Instagram to let you know when there are new episodes. Um, So that is the underscore northern underscore grower. Or actually even on my website, thenortherngrower.ca. I really need to um, update more of the blog and article posts. But I do post podcast episodes up on there, which is mostly why I like the website. It is just a place for um, people to come and listen to the podcast. So there are, the episodes do go up there too. And if you do hear some odd noises, I have my dog on my right laying on the floor, chewing um, a toy. So you might hear some odd scraping sounds. I also have my cat to my left laying on my uh, desk here. So if you hear any weird noises, That's why 
And also, I'm trying a new setup. I actually moved my office room around, and um, I'm hoping it just helps with sound. And really, I do like the acoustics. I can see as I'm recording here that the sound just seems a lot better than in previous episodes. So I'm hoping that maybe we'll go with this setup in the future. All right, let's launch into today's episode. So, um, yeah, so like I said, today we're going to be talking about ways that homesteading can save money. But some of you may be like, there is no way homesteading can save me money. Like buying chickens, livestock, starting a garden, that's a lot of money. But hear me out. We are on a quarter of an acre, and so it's not a big farm. Um, Granted, that is a big lot. Uh, We're an urban homestead, and granted, that's a big lot. Um, So that is our current setup. Um, We don't have livestock, but there are certain lifestyle changes that do occur when you tread down this path of homesteading. And a lot of the time, it is not going out and buying all of the big farm stuff. Not necessarily. Like I said, some people really love that. And it might come along later, but you don't have to start out that way. And disclaimer, of course, with any episode like this, so when we talk about things like this, this is in my experience. And of course, it is geared to my area, which is central and northern Alberta. Things may be completely different where you live or what your situation is right now. You may be able to adopt some of these or all of these, or you may not be able to, and that's okay. Sometimes this episode, these type of things can even be planting that seed in your brain. And so then once you get that seed in your brain, you might start thinking of ideas that are ways that can apply to you um, and will work where you are. So hopefully you just enjoy listening today. So it's no secret that life is getting more expensive and there are folks and families looking to save money. So I'm going to list through my tips of little tricks and lifestyle changes that we made when we decided to pursue homesteading and they definitely saved us some cash. So we're going to talk about food, the garden and the home. And most of this will center around food um, as how food is consumed is a huge and integral part of the modern homestead movement. So a huge part of that is just changing our eating habits and our food habits. And a lot of this is habitual changes. They don't happen overnight. So don't get overwhelmed. But if you want to adopt these changes, start with one thing until it's mastered and part of the routine so you barely think about it. And then you can start another. That's that's the way to do it. If you want to start making different changes, you have to just really adopt one thing. Once it's mastered, you can adopt something else. Uh, So the first thing I'm going to start out with food is actually... um, baking our own bread products, that saves a lot of money. And I think people are really intimidated by bread because, you know, there's rising times, you think it takes a long time. But once you get it into your routine, it really isn't that bad. And it's actually like pretty cheap, depending on how much bread your family consumes. Uh, So we have tortillas probably one to two times a week. We have pancakes once a week. We have, um, we make a loaf of bread each week. And then usually I make a batch of burger buns or hot dog buns every week, just depending on what the plans are. We meal plan every week, by the way. So we look at what food we have growing, what food we bought at the store. Like, and so we work with the food we have and 
try to meal plan because that is a way that you can start looking at your pantry, looking at your garden, looking at what's on offer at uh, the market, the stores, and shaping your food around that and sticking to the meal plan like really saves money um, because sometimes you don't come home from work or you've just had a long day in the garden. And if I haven't meal planned, we used to really honestly like buy a lot of takeout and a treat is fine now and then, but it really adds up. And so, and we also just wanted to eat more whole foods, more homegrown foods anyway. So we really started to look at meal planning as a way to um, save money. So those are the type of bread products we make. And it I've calculated it out. It does save us money. Um, we have a sourdough starter on the go. I actually have a huge one. I have a huge crock. Um, sometimes we use that for pizza too. So we'll have pizza like once a week and we'll make a sourdough pizza. And there are different ways of making bread. If you don't like sourdough or you don't want the rising times with sourdough, a lot of sourdough recipes, um, there are kind of, in quotes, like cheat sourdough recipes where you will put in some yeast into the bread, commercial yeast, so the rise time is faster. You're not leaving them to ferment as longer like an overnight ferment. And so I jump on those recipes too. Like they're great. Or lots of recipes like tortillas, or pancakes, you don't have to do that long overnight rise. Um, you know, 30 minutes up to two hours, just wherever it fits in your day, um, you can do that. And like with the tortillas, a 30 minute rise, as soon as I get like um, like the grounds on, ground beef, whatever on the pan, I start making the tortillas up and it just, it works. Once you start fitting that type of thing into your routine, um, it really works and it really helps us save money and I like it. I like the taste of it. So it just, it feels healthier for me. It feels nourishing. So baking bread products. Um, another thing that we really like to do here when it comes to food is growing what you can. So I say this all the time in lots of podcast episodes, uh, anything that fits where you are, even a little bit, it helps. So even if you're on a balcony garden, my advice would be to grow well what you eat a lot of, but what is also accessible and works for you. Like if I was growing a little, if I could only grow a few things, I would grow salad greens, um, like th and things that would grow easily. I'm thinking of my area, like the Edmonton area of Alberta, tomatoes, lettuce, spinach, kale, uh, cucumbers are actually not too bad to grow. Um, but those things are super easy to grow. You've got fresh salad, you've got fresh greens, and then if you have a lot of spinach and kale left over, it's super easy to dehydrate or freeze. So then you have you can dive into that over winter as well. Because I also know when you're growing salad greens, it can kind of seem overwhelming and you're like, oh, this is a lot of salad I have to eat now. Um, but there's so many other ways to use um, those darker, leafier greens like the kales and spinach. You can dry them, you can freeze them, and that way you have a little bit of something from your garden over winter. And tomatoes are great, they grow pretty well here in the summer, and you know, if you don't even want to stir from seed, tons of tomatoes at the greenhouses ready to buy, and you will get a fresh supply of tomatoes all summer. And if you don't eat them that fast, you can freeze them, you can um, can them. There are ways to preserve those tomatoes if you can't keep up with eating them. 
The second one I would say would be herb gardens. Uh, when it comes to growing what you can, so either salad greens or herb gardens, because with a herb garden, you've got like herbs are they get they can get kind of pricey. Um, and they're really easy to preserve. So if you don't use all your herbs up over winter, you can preserve them. You can dry them to preserve them. There's also ways of freezing them where you put like um, the herb in some olive oil and then you can put it in the freezer so you can freeze them. So again, that's just something there that is easy to grow, it's accessible on a balcony. And if you have leftovers, you don't use it all summer, it's easy to preserve. And it's just that little snippet of having something fresh and homegrown throughout the year. And then herbs too can have, um, if you're into herbalism, or you know some herbal medicine and you're into that, there are um, medicinal uses, which I don't want to go too much into in this episode, but there are ways you can use those herbs to um, supplement with teas or lotions or salves in your house, your apothecary cabinet. So really nice to grow your own that way. And I don't think they're cheap to buy. If you're into apothecary cabinets, soap making, Herbs aren't super cheap to buy for that. From what I've seen, perhaps you're finding a better source, but from what I've seen, they're not. So I think it's nice to grow them. And again, greenhouses will have lots of starters if you are not happy or keen to start from seed. Making your own teas is another way to grow what you can and a way of food saving money. Tea is getting like herbal teas. They're starting to seem really pricey to me. I don't know if anyone else has noticed, but um, so I've actually started just using herbs like mint, yarrow, uh, raspberry leaf. These grow in my yard. Um, pineapple weed also grows here. Um, and you can dry those to make tea. Some of them you can make fresh tea, but I really, so you can probably hear my dog scratching in the background there, but I really like and have started to dry some herbs to use for my own teas and put them in mason jars and then I can put together my own tea and it's fun and I kind of feel like some magical tea witch when I do it um, but it's also just a really nice way too of saving money because like I said I think herbal teas at the store are getting really pricey and it you can you know things that are, we think of as weeds that just grow everywhere you can use them for tea making. It's very cool once you, the more you know. The next one I want to talk about is learning to look for deals and then how to cook with food that you find on special and how to preserve it. So learning, it's almost like relearning how to cook. Like when we started this journey, we had to totally relearn like how we cook and deal with food. And honestly, like for me too, it's a huge journey because definitely I grew up with lots of frozen potato, like frozen fries, chicken. That's mostly my childhood food I can remember is chicken nuggets and frozen fries. And then you had peas on the side and that was like a staple in our house growing up. So really had to relearn um, cooking and preserving but you can sometimes get like fruit fruit on special in alberta we get berries go down so cheap um in the summer so buy up all the fruit i buy up all the cheap fruit all the value fruit and learning to can it learning to freeze it i freeze bags of the stuff um and 
yeah, we kind of go wild with fruit here in the summer and then we freeze it or make jam or pie filling. Uh, there's lots of apple trees or the apples are almost ready where I am. So even picking tons of apples and making apple pie filling, apple butter, um, apple sauce. So we don't have to go buy those little like fruit snack pots at the store. We've made a bunch of applesauce now. We'll can it and make our own. So and it's really cheap because I know where I am. There's lots of apple trees and I have neighbors I'm friends with who don't use all their apples, who don't want to go pick all their apples. And so I've made some good relations with them where I go pick their apples and get several crates as well from neighbors. So connecting there and using your local resources is a really neat way. And it saves us having to buy like applesauce at the store. So um, that's really nice. So just yeah learning to find like buy in bulk when it's cheap usually when it's in season here and then learning how to cook with it how to preserve it too so then you can use it throughout the year and fruit like strawberries and blueberries really expensive here in winter like last winter the some of them were almost like eight dollars a punnet um which is just nuts to me when you can buy crates for 20 bucks in the summer and I know there are limitations on that. I understand like not everyone has a big chest freezer to freeze. Um, but if you have one or if you're in a position to purchase one, I just think it's so worth it um, to freeze all that extra fruit. And I will take that out the freezer to use in smoothies, to use in recipes like blueberry muffins, pancakes. I'll just toss the frozen ones in or even like... Um, my young child here he will just happily eat like they're still kind of soft when they come out the freezer and he'll just happily eat the frozen fruit as a snack so it for us it just really works and I love doing that and this also ties in with just learning to cook from scratch um once it becomes a part of the routine it seems super intimidating and like you won't have a lot of time but once it becomes part of the routine for us we have found we have the time and it's really cheap to go buy like bulk raw ingredients, um, like especially even at Costco or um, like dry goods markets. You can just get giant bags of like rice and lentils and beans. And like once you learn how to and flour, even just giant bags of flour. And once you learn how to cook and use all those ingredients, along with shopping from your garden, like plan your meals around what you can pick from your garden, what's there, then I actually find like our food bill has come down quite a bit. And um, we're able to utilize a lot of good nutritious food too. I will say like buying bulk food, it can seem super expensive when you go out and purchase it, but then it is cheaper in the long term. And of course, that is the struggle with um, personally in the past, like I have lived on a minimum wage income renting. You don't even have the money to like go out and purchase bulk, like Costco shops of bulk food because you didn't have the money to even do that. Right. So you're kind of trapped in a cycle. Um, and I've been there and I understand. So um, but if you're in a position to do so, definitely be buying those bulk raw foods really helps um, for, in my case, bring the bill down. And um, I've even been enjoying like homemade oat milk. It's really easy to make actually. And there's tons of ingredients on, uh, sorry, recipes online. And buying just like big sacks of oats is pretty cheap. It's pretty affordable. And uh, especially if you're into milk, um, if you're buying like commercial dairy from the store because you don't have access to 
homemade dairy, it's getting really expensive. And um, so I just find making oat milk cheaper at home and then you don't have a lot of uh, sweeteners and preservatives in like you would if you purchased it from the store. Embracing leftovers, learning to cook in bulk as well and then make those leftovers last has been a huge change. And um, another bulk product we have in our house is bulk beeswax. I buy a local supply and with that we make our own candles, we make our own salves, um, which I use instead of getting like buying like, lotion at the store. And I just really like that. I've never had to buy a candle in a really long time because we use beeswax candles that we just make ourselves. So something like that is just a little way of saving a little bit of cash, right? The little things like that that can help save some money. If you're into candles, not everyone is into burning candles, of course. But I really like doing that. Um, and just the last few things here, like looking at gardening. Um, if you're into gardening, you're in a position to have a garden. Saving water by having a water collection system. We use water barrels. And I really love it. I think when we get these big storms, we collect a lot of the rain. And then it lasts for those periods of dry days that we can get here. Um, so really cannot emphasize enough, have a water collection system, saving water. And also when you, if you want to start gardening or even if you're gardening right now, don't think you necessarily have to go out and buy all of these beautiful, like Instagrammable Pinterest gardens with the raised beds. I, I like, I love people who have been able to do that and they have these beautiful garden spaces. But I also understand that sometimes when you're starting out, you don't have the disposable cash to do that and then you kind of it can put you off gardening because you think you have to have like you know the uh corrugated metal raised beds that seem to be going around on instagram and pinterest and like the archways and the trellises um but you don't have to garden like that you can really we've put in like manual labor to tear out sod by hand for a whole weekend and um you know, make that, use compost and make that a garden space. Um, we've used like thrifted wood, a repurposed wood to make beds. So it doesn't look like this beautiful uh, Pinterest garden space, but it is very functional and it works. And then you get that little bit of, well, I made this and here I am being a little bit self-sufficient and self-reliant. So um, we've really been, I really enjoy that. So don't think if that's putting you off gardening, um, you can even, don't worry, you don't have to go out and like have a beautiful garden. <laughs> um, it can be just, it is what it is. You're growing food. Save yogurt pots if you buy yogurt uh, because you can reuse those as plant pots too if you are seed starting. If you do garden as well, I will always say save seeds even a little bit. Of saving seeds can save you a little bit of cash come spring um, and many plants like lettuces tomatoes you can still consume the plant and then just get the seeds from them so um, I understand maybe if you're wanting more for food you don't like a cucumber you have you can't eat it if you're letting it go to seed so there's that trade-off but if you can you know save some seeds or even um, eat the plant and get those seeds out of it while you're eating it. Definitely do that. Save some seeds. It will make a difference come spring when you're planning your next year's garden. And then lastly, in the home, clothing care, just really important. Clothing is seeming to get more expensive. Uh, 
So mending, we have recently turned to hand drying for everything this year. Uh, we have not turned the dryer on, of course. Um, and even in winter, I'm contemplating hang drying inside because it just seems a lot of just some extra money to spend on the dryer. Um, so we have been hang drying. We built a laundry line in a yard this year. So we're actually hanging outside, which is kind of nice. Your clothes come in smelling fresh. They've been blowing in the breeze. I like it. Um, and, you know, this got me thinking, actually, when I was hang drying my clothes, when I was a child, we hung dry our clothes all the time. And then somewhere along the line, like, society shifted. And I remember even my parents, like, use their dryer for every load. Like, you just get them out the wash and you put them in the dryer. And I'm just, I can't quite comprehend, like, where the shift happened, right? Where this change happened. But somewhere along the line, we stopped hang drying clothes and we started using our dryers all the time. Um, so we're hang drying clothes and really mending and learning to sew is a huge skill. Also, one that we never necessarily think about, but finding joy in being at home. Um, you know, sometimes vacations are advertised to us as getting away from it all, as if like we need to get away from our homes. And really, like I found joy in just spending a day at home, cooking food and gardening with my family and doing crafts together and painting and coloring and um and that was some learning too. I always thought like, you know, weekends are for going out and doing things and you have to, you know, you haven't lived if you're not out like with a social calendar and seeing everything. But it, that stuff, it costs income. And I think we maybe as a society need to get better at saying no, like it's not shameful to say I don't want to spend the money and going to go get a fancy latte. Maybe once a month if you want to do that because it is some self-care. That is cool. But you know, every week, it kind of adds up. So I think there's just, we need to relearn the joy of being at home, or even if we want to socialize, having friends round over to our house and baking cakes for their visit or something. Like just learning to, it doesn't have to be about going out for coffees and dinners and vacations. It's the simple things, right? It's the simple things, being together. And that means we never go anywhere. We we do. We enjoy local lake days now and then, or we go camping for a weekend every year. Um, but learning to slow down and just appreciate what we have in the home, I think, is a really important thing, especially when it comes to shifting our mindset away from consumption to saving money, to slowing down, Um and to becoming more self-reliant. I think that's also part of becoming more self-reliant. And that is it for today. That is it. I've reached the end of my list. If you have any more ideas, feel free to share. You can connect with me over at Instagram at the underscore northern underscore grower. You can email at the northern grower podcast at gmail.com. Next week's episode will be all about the goji berry and why I think it is a fantastic addition to your farmstead, acreage, home, your garden. Um, and thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed just listening to the podcast, following along. Um, I hope it was some self-care for you as well. And, you know, I just wanted to say, I think I say, you know, this is part of homestead living, um, becoming more self-reliant, less consumption in general. Um, but I think a lot of these are tied in, like the modern homestead movement I see is very tied in with slower living movement. 
And so I think overall it's about consuming less and pursuing a more traditional lifestyle in some aspects. And I think it's it's good for us to embrace um, some of those aspects as well. And good for our world too and our society, I think, if we learn to slow down and just appreciate the simpler, slower things in life. Okay, thank you and take care.